Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, Brandon Williams shares a message from our Christmas Eve service. He explains that Jesus is always the one that initiates the relationship with us, not the other way around. There's always hope to be found in Jesus. Is today the day that you are going to say yes to him? Man, oh man, there are so many things that I could say about that video, um, but I don't even really know where to start. Uh, but, but I am excited to be here with you guys tonight and to have an opportunity to talk about our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be in that tonight. And, and really just want to um, just look at the account of when the angel appears to Mary and, and she uh, is given this amazing news that she is going to give birth to the Savior of the world. Um, and so we're going to start out there uh, this Christmas Eve with Luke chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in verse 26, and then uh, we're going to jump in here. Luke 1, 26, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a, a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will, treat, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Then verse 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight for this reason, to celebrate the birth of your son, the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the new life he gives. I thank you for the opportunity we have to know you through him. And God, tonight I pray that, that we would, again, be filled. Um, God, be overwhelmed by the power of your Holy Spirit, that it would truly change hearts and change lives today and that we would experience the new life offered through Jesus. In his name, amen. Amen. Well, many of you probably have some times, some memorable times in your life that you would never forget, and, and just those things that you say, you know, I'll remember for, you know, as long as I live, right? And, and so some of those might be the time that uh, maybe you turned 40. Everybody remembers that? Well, maybe not if you're way past 40, but you probably remember turning 40. You turned 40, at, or how about um, when you, the day you retired? You know, you're tired, and some of you are looking forward to that day. Some of you are enjoying that time. Um, and, and so you remember some of those days. For some of us, it might have been a major event. I remember uh, when I was in the fourth grade, actually, and the Challenger exploded. I remember that day like it was yesterday. We all remember 9-11 and, and, and all of those things. And so there's those moments in our lives that have a, an incredible impact on us, don't they? Moments that we will never, ever forget. And this is what I would tell you. There are three specific moments in my life that I will never forget and that have had an incredible impact on my life. All three were the birth of my sons. No impact like having a child, right? I mean, nothing, nothing quite like that. And I'll never forget it because it was so crazy. 
It was so wild. I mean, it was like crazy intense. It was crazy exciting. I was crazy nervous. I had no idea what I was getting into. If you've had a child, you know. Like everybody tried to tell you that it was great and it was awesome. But the first month when you slept like four hours all month long, you're like, I don't get it. But it was, an, it was absolutely an amazing, incredible experience. And the reason it was is because you watch new life come into the world. And you're standing there and it's like, you know, you're, you're looking at the, watching this thing happen and you're watching this new life come into the world. And it's like, you don't even know really what you're looking at. You're just like, it's, it's the head, it's the rear end. I don't even know. But all of a sudden you're holding new life in your hands. You're like, oh my gosh, this is one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced. And then the feeling like hits you that this is mine. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, what, what do I do from here? And, 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 and so there's this awesome thing about seeing new life being born. There's this awesome thing about watching new life come into the world. One of the things that I would tell you, though, as amazing as it was and amazing as it is to watch a child being born and brought into this world is just as amazing to me, maybe even more amazing than watching my own children be born, is to watch someone step into new life in Christ. It's when we come to this place where, where Jesus becomes the Savior of our life and we step into new life. There's nothing like it. There's nothing better. And the thing that I want you to see tonight is that that is God's offer to every one of us is new life. In fact, the reason that Jesus was born was to bring new life, the opportunity for new life into the world. It was an opportunity for us to be reconciled to God and for us to actually glorify God. That's the opportunity that God gave us. That's the reason that Jesus came, was to reconcile the world to himself, to reconcile you and I to him, and for our lives to be transformed, our hearts to be transformed, so that you and I could bring glory to our Heavenly Father. And this is what I would tell you tonight. I don't believe, I know, that there are four truths that we're going to see in this scripture, out of Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38, that if we can grab hold of, We can have new life in Christ and our hearts and our lives can be transformed. Listen to me. I don't care where you are right now. I don't care where you've been in the past. What I'm telling you tonight is that through his word and through grabbing hold of the truths that God has placed in his word and that we're going to talk about tonight, God can give you new life. If God can transform my heart, He can transform your heart. If God can take me and do anything with my life, he can transform your life. And I want you to hear very clearly tonight that God sent his son to give us the opportunity for new life. Listen to these verses one more time. Verses 26 through 28. I want to give you four truths that if we grab them, it'll transform us forever. Luke 1, 26, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The first thing I want to tell you is that God initiated the relationship with Mary, not the other way around. God initiated this relationship with Mary. It said God sent the angel right? He sent a messenger to Mary. He initiated the relationship with Mary. 
Now listen, listen, I'm not an angel. I know that's hard for you to believe. I'm not. I'm not an angel. But maybe tonight, I'm the messenger that God is sending you so that you can realize that he's trying to initiate a relationship with you. I don't know how many of you know, and I think most of you probably know our youth pastor, John Irvin, um, awesome guy. Um, and, and I don't know how many of you know this, but yeah, he's, we can clap for John. Just not too long, that's enough. But, but, but John recently got engaged. Yeah, we can clap for that. John recently got engaged to the lovely Natalie Boatwright. Yeah, he, he is marrying way over his head, way over his head. And, and here's the thing, I'm so excited for John, but John has already messed up. And if he had asked me for advice, I could have helped him in this. But he did not ask me. Because the cool thing about John's engagement is not just the fact that he got engaged because a lot of us were wondering if he could ever trick anybody into marriage, but hey, it worked. And so it's not just that he got engaged, but it's how he did it. Some of you probably heard this story, but John, unbeknownst to everybody but me and his parents, he had to tell me because I'm his boss. So he told me, he said, I'm going to fly to Europe while Natalie is in Europe and, and I'm going to find her and I'm going to ask her to marry me. Isn't that awesome? Oh, all the women said, oh, all the guys were like, dang, that's expensive. <laughs> he flew to Europe to ask her. And I was like, where are you going to meet her? He's like, I don't know. I'll call him when I get there. I'm like, what? And so he just takes off, gets on a plane, goes over the Atlantic Ocean. He goes over there and finds her and asks her to marry her. And I'm like, John, don't do that. And I told him, I'm like, man, you have already messed up. He's like, why? I was like, how are you ever going to top that? You've already like gone over the top. How are you ever going to top that? From now on, you are fighting an uphill battle. You should do it like I did. In the front of my truck, in the driveway. Because after that, everything's a win everything. She's like, where are we going to eat for our anniversary? I'm like, Crystal. She's like, awesome. But he set the bar so high. But the awesome thing about this is John was so intent on getting Natalie, on putting that ring on her finger, on going and, and, and saying, I want you to be my bride, that he flew all the way to Europe, all those miles, all that distance to initiate a relationship with his future bride. Isn't that awesome? That is so cool. But as big as the gap was between John and Natalie, how much greater is and was the gap between us and God? See, so here's the thing. God initiated a relationship with us. In other words, he had to come to us. There was no way we could get to him. Isn't it amazing to think about that we have a God who would not let distance deter him, to not let the gap between his holiness and our imperfection keep him from coming to us? Is that not awesome? That today we celebrate a God who left heaven and left earth and came to you and came to me because there was no hope that we could ever get to him. That's an amazing God. And God initiated the relationship. 
the only way that new life can come is because God has initiated a relationship with us. He came to us first and given us the opportunity to know him. See, it's the only way that would work. Here's the reason why. God's perfect. And we're not. Anybody in here perfect? Anybody in here that has not sinned and does not have sin? I'm, put my hand down. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But seriously, no. In fact, this is what I would say. Every person in here has done at least one thing wrong in their life. In fact, I would say most of you did something wrong on the way here tonight. And my question is this, how many sins did it take to separate Adam and Eve from God? One. How many sins did it take to separate us from God? One. And yet here's the good news. God, through Jesus, overcame sin. God, through sending his son who lived a perfect life, who would ultimately go to the cross to demonstrate the love of God and also to take upon himself our sin so that sin could be punished and done away with once and for all, that God initiated a relationship with us. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't it even make John's love for Natalie seem kind of small? We're not going to talk about my engagement. Let's talk about his. Doesn't it make even that seem kind of small? When you look at the, 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 the gap, the space that God overcame to come to us. It's kind of like I was talking to my dad the other day and he said, you know, the way I think about it is he's like, I think about how the little bit of debt that I have. And, 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 and I, I look at this and the amount of money that I have and the income I have is so small. And then I look at the debt and the money that the, the, the government throws around. Excuse me, throws around. I get choked up when I talk about the federal debt. But <laughs> that, 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 that throws around. He's like, I can't even fathom trillions of dollars. And here's the truth of the matter, y'all. It's the same way with us and our, our, our sin. We can't fathom the holiness of God in comparison to where we are. And yet the good news is that God bridged that gap. He initiated the relationship with you and I so that you and I could know him. That's an amazing God. Listen to these verses. I want you to hear clearly that new life comes only because God has initiated the relationship. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Listen, listen, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Listen to verse 30 again. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. Can you imagine standing before a holy God who is perfect in every way. I, I believe this. I believe if he showed up right now in all of his glory, every one of us would be on our face because it'd be so amazing. And yet this angel shows up. Mary is scared. Mary's like, whoa. Everywhere in scripture that an angel shows up, the first thing that people do is they freak out. Can you imagine how much more it would be with God, the holy God? And he shows up and says, listen, don't be afraid. You found favor 
with God. That word for favor is grace. It's charis in the Greek. It means grace. It means unmerited favor. It means a free gift. And the second thing I want you to understand about the birth of Christ and what God offers us in Jesus, the new life he offers us, is that it was freely given by God. Mary did nothing to earn it. Mary Mary was the recipient of grace, not the giver of it. She received grace from God. She's just minding her own business. I don't know what she's baking cookies. I don't know what she was doing. But all of a sudden, this angel shows up in front of her and says, Hey, Mary, you're favorite of God. And she's like, huh? She thinks somebody must be behind her. And yet God says, Mary, you're favored. My grace is with you. My, my unmerited favor is upon you. And Mary, just minding her own business, all of a sudden, has this angel come and God initiate this relationship. And I want you to see that this was not something she earned. Have you ever just been minding your own business and all of a sudden like, bam, something happens? Riding down the road on the way to Splash in the Borough a couple of uh, summers ago. Riding down the road, following this guy. I got uh, Susan, I got Dake, and I got Jackson in the truck. We're going to Splash just to be miserable for a little while. And we're riding down the road, and all of a sudden, the car in front of us just starts going off the road. Like it was a turn, and he just went straight. And it goes down this big hill, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And, 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 you know, the only thing I could think of was like, Jesus, take the wheel. I didn't really say that. But, but we're like, ah. And the guy goes off the hill. I was like, turn, turn. You know, we're lean. He just went straight off. He was going straight for this sign, missed the sign, and wedged between two trees. I was just minding my own business. All of a sudden, this guy is wedged up in the trees. And so we're like, well, we got to go to Splash. We'll see you later. No, we stopped. Totally interrupted our plans. Totally was not what we had in mind. Totally was not what we had expected. But all of a sudden, we're riding along. The guy was okay. Went down there, knocked on the window. He waved. I was like, what? So we go. Finally, the, the police get there. We go. But totally unexpected. Totally just, just minding our own business. And all of a sudden, bam, the guy's in the trees. And I look at how God intervenes in our lives. And I guarantee for many of you, the way that you met Christ, the way God came into your life was in a moment that it was totally unexpected. You were totally oblivious to God. And all of a sudden, bam, you ran headlong into a God of love and of grace and of mercy. This is the thing that I would say to some of you, perhaps for you, some of you tonight, this is that moment. This is that moment when out of nowhere, while you are minding your own business, God comes and he says, bam, here's my free gift of grace that I'll offer to you. The free gift of my son. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight, that's why you're here. See, I don't believe for anybody here tonight, it's 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 an accident. I believe it was a divine appointment, just like for Mary. Just like the angel shows up and he says, listen, God's free gift of grace is here. Now he's going to use you in an incredible way. It is the same opportunity that God is giving you here tonight. It's the same opportunity for you to embrace the love of Jesus Christ. 
to put your faith in him and accept his sacrifice for yourself. I was riding down the road the other day and I saw a sign on the side of the road. It was a church sign, which we'll never have a church. I'm just saying we're not going to have a church sign because then you got to put like stuff on them. And I just don't want to have to even think about what to put on the sign. And so this particular sign said, God has a list and he's checking it twice too. And I was like, let me go to that church. That's the one I want to be in. No, I was like, wow, isn't that our mindset? Isn't that how we think of God typically? That God's sitting up there with a checklist and he's like, I'm just going to check this off because I'd really like to send all of you to hell. No. Do you really think God would have gone through the effort and the pains of sending his son Jesus to us if that was his ultimate goal and ultimate agenda? God is the one who desires to save us. That is why he sent his son. That's why he offers us the free grace and, and love and gift of Christ. It's so that you and I can come to a place of understanding that God has made a way. And listen, as, as, as dumb as I think that sign was, there's an element of truth. That if God had not bridged the gap between us and him, there was absolutely no way we could do enough to get to him. I want you to understand that you can't attend enough Sunday school classes. You can't go to church enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't pray enough. You can't do enough good things. You can't help enough ladies across the street. You can't get enough cats out of the tree. You can't do any of that stuff enough to make yourself worthy of standing in the presence of a holy God. That is the purpose and the reason for Jesus Christ coming to this earth is to do what we could not do. New life comes because of the free gift that God has offered us through Christ. New life comes because of the grace that God has offered us through his son. That is the purpose for Christmas. That's why we are here. It's to celebrate the fact that God freely, because we can never earn it, has given us his son. And he says, if you will simply trust in him, put your faith in what he has done for you, accept the sacrifice he made for you, then I'll give you the perfection that you could never possibly earn. New life comes because God gives it freely through his son. Listen to these verses, 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own old age. And she was said to be barren. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I want to tell you this, that God did the impossible in Mary's life. So God initiated the relationship. God gave us grace freely through his son and God did the impossible. I remember when I was in the seventh grade, some of y'all probably football players in here. I was in the seventh grade. We had a football coach that thought it was a good idea for the seventh and eighth graders to play with the varsity a lot and to practice with the varsity. And so we ran scout team and did all that kind of fun stuff um, from, against the varsity. It was kind of crazy. But when I was in the seventh grade, one of my least favorite things was about 15 minutes before the game, before opening kickoff, because our coach would get us in a big circle and he would play this game called bull in the ring. 
Anybody remember that game? Yeah. Pull in the ring. And it's fun if you're the big kid. But I was in the seventh grade. I was the smallest kid out there. And I, I, I would literally stand in the middle of that circle and I'm like, because they always picked us, especially you never got picked by the guys who actually played. You got picked by the guys who didn't because they never got to hit anybody. And so they'd be like, you know, going around the circle looking for somebody and I'm over there and I'm like, yes, you know, and they're like him. And so then you go running out there and it's like, wham, oh gosh. And then, so then you got to run around and I'm looking for the smallest person, somebody a little smaller than me. And I'm like, there's nobody smaller than me. And so everywhere I looked, there was somebody bigger. Everywhere I turned, there was somebody that I knew was going to kill me if I pointed at them. Because you just go in a circle, you point at somebody, you run out there and hit. It's kind of a barbaric game. I mean, it really is. I, and, and there was never anybody that I looked at and I was like, I can take that person. Everywhere I looked, it was somebody bigger. It was someone bigger. It was someone stronger. It was someone who literally was intimidating to me. And I look at Mary's life and I look at this angel appearing and I look at her being there and, the, and, and this angel coming and saying this. And she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. There's only one problem with this. I'm betrothed, which is a, 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 a legally, like a binding contract to be married to Joseph. I've never had sex. Can you explain this one more time? Can you explain this one more time? How is this going to happen? Because I'm not real sure about this. And so here's the thing you've got to understand. For an unwed teenage girl, Growing up in a Jewish culture, everywhere she looked, she would have seen someone or something that was intimidating, that was bigger than her, that appeared to be a circumstance that she could never overcome. See, in that culture, for a girl to be betrothed especially and then to be found pregnant before the marriage actually happened, she could literally have been stoned to death. So here you have this Jewish girl who, who man, she, she's unmarried. She's got an unbelievable story. What are people going to think about her? What are people going to say about her child? Can you imagine the conversation with Joseph? Hey, Joseph, there's something I got to talk to you about. Um, I'm pregnant. You're talking about an awkward conversation. And everywhere she looked, it seemed like there were insurmountable odds. She didn't even know, am I going to live? Am I going to, what are they going to do to me? And yet God looked at her life. He looked at her predicament. He looked at everything going on. And this is what he says. I got this. I got this. And God did the impossible. He used Mary to bring the Savior into the world. And you know the thing I realized tonight is that there are people in here right now, and I know it's Christmas Eve, people listen, I know this is a time, it's joy, peace, and all that, but this is what I know. I know that there are people in here tonight who you have anything but joy and peace in your life right now. 
But this is what I would say to you. That because of Jesus and because of what he's done and because of who he is and because of who God is, listen to me, you can find new life. That's what the birth of Jesus was about, is bringing new life, reconciliation, peace between us and God, joy in our life that cannot be taken, joy in our life that no one can rob from us. Listen, it's about coming to a place of being reconciled to a loving God. And I don't care, listen, what your past was, I don't care what your presence is, your present is, and I don't care what your future holds. God is the God of it all. And he has got you the question is will you trust him will you let go i believe that in this this conversation the thing that mary had to get across the thing that had to go off in her spirit as she began to listen to the voice of the angel i believe the thing that she had to hear was god saying listen mary listen to the one who's talking to you Do you realize that the God who who sent his son into this world is the God who spoke everything into existence? He's the God who created it all with the breath, with his voice. He created it all and now he sustains it all. Do you know he keeps this ball we're on called earth spinning at over a thousand miles an hour? You know how fast the sun or we rotate around the sun? Do you realize that God holds all of that in his hands and yet he has never forgotten about you and I? And do we really think there's something in our past or something in our present or anything in our future that could keep him from coming to us when he's already shown us his love by sending his son? No. There's nothing. Listen, that is the good news that God, through Jesus, has bridged a gap we can never bridge. He offers it to us freely to come into a reconciled relationship. And he says, listen, I don't care what the odds look like. I don't care about your pedigree. I don't care about where you've been, who you've done it with. This is the good news. I can take you right now. I can give you new life and I can show you a life that you never thought existed. That's what God does. He gives new life. He gives new hope. He gives new dreams. He moves people closer. Listen, listen, God didn't send Jesus because of us. He sent him in spite of us. With all of our flaws, all of our screw-ups, all of the things we've done wrong, God goes, I got this. I got this. And you and I have the opportunity by placing our trust, our faith in his son who came, yeah, was born, yes, lived, yes, but also was destined to become the final and ultimate sacrifice for you and I. Because of that, we have the opportunity for new life. Listen, last one. Verse 38. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The last thing I would tell you is this. In order for new life to come, Mary had to say yes. Mary had to say yes. It's it's our natural response, isn't it? Listen, when we see the love of God, 
It's why I believe if we can grab hold of these four truths that God initiated a relationship, that God freely offered his grace through his son, that, that God has done the impossible, that when we come to this point where we actually see that, we say yes to God, but we say yes to his love. And the reason we say yes is that that kind of love grabs hold of us. We don't just grab hold of it. So many times we have these screwed up ideas and, 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 and thoughts about what love is. I want to tell you this, that if you will simply look to the fact that Jesus came to earth, that God sent his son, and that he went to a cross to take the wrath of God that you and I could not take for ourselves because we would have been eternally separated from him. There is no pure love in that. That he would lay down his life for us. And here's the good news, guys. When we say yes to the relationship that Jesus offers us, when we say yes to this opportunity to be reconciled to a holy God who gives us freely um, this grace that is beyond imagine, exactly what it says happens to Mary happens to us. We are overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our life gives us a new heart, begins to change us from the inside out. And that new life that he plants within us begins to show to everyone around us. The Bible says that that when Jesus came, he was the light of men. And God's heart, his, his, his desire is that you and I would come into this relationship with Christ, being reconciled to him so that you and I now carry the light of men. That people can see us and see his glory. That's pretty crazy. That God would do such a work in our life that people would look at us and see the glory of God. But that's the opportunity we have. See, the Bible talks about God being a consuming fire. He talks about, it talks about God being like a consuming fire. And what God would desire is not for us to give him an hour on Sunday, not for us to give him 15 minutes in the morning. What God would desire is to consume our lives. My question tonight is, have you had your life consumed by a holy God? Have you been engulfed by the love of God? Of God, Have you been engulfed by the peace of God? Have you been engulfed by the joy of God? Is God working in your life? Have you said yes to his offer of free grace, of a relationship that we could have never established on our own? Have you said yes to the God who says, I don't care what's before you. I move mountains. Have you said yes to that God, to the God who took your sin on the cross, to the God who gave his life for you? Have you? Have you said yes to him? So I believe this all my heart that God's offering every person in here, new life. He's already initiated, he bridged the gap between you and I and him. He's given us his grace freely. He's shown us very clearly that he'll do the impossible. The 
question now is what is our response to what he's done? What is our response to what God has done through his son, Jesus? I would say there's only one response to that kind of love. And that's yes. I want my life to be engulfed by God. Listen, it doesn't make you perfect. Jesus makes you perfect. We'll never be perfect on this side of heaven. But it takes you into an incredible journey with God that day by day, moment by moment, makes you closer and closer to who he is. It's an opportunity for new life. Just as God initiated a relationship, gave Mary Grace and did the impossible in her life to bring forth new life in Christ, God desires to do the same thing through you tonight. Listen, what is it tonight that God needs to do? What is it in your life that is dead? What is it in your life that God needs to breathe into, to breathe new life into you? For some of you, it's just hope. Some of you walked in here today on on the day that we ought to be celebrating hope, and yet you had no hope. In fact, you were filled with despair. What greater gift than to trust Christ tonight and be filled with the hope of Jesus? Some people in here, maybe it's a dream. Maybe you just kind of, life's just kind of blown by you and you look around and you're like, I don't even know. It's just, it's just become like turnip greens. It's just, you know what I'm saying? You're just like, ah. And, and, and you're like, man, I just need God to breathe something new into my life. I need a God-given dream. For some of us, listen, it's overcoming something from our past. It's realizing that Jesus came to make us new. That he who is in Christ is a new creation. The opportunity for new life is here tonight. That we can be made new in him. Maybe, listen, maybe for some, it's a reawakening to a relationship with God. Maybe all your life, or maybe for the last several weeks, the last several months, it's all been about just religious acts. And what you've noticed is that the joy of the relationship has died. It's been about works, it's been about the do's, it's been about the don'ts, and you've taken your eyes off of him and we've put it on a checklist of things because we don't want to get our hands slapped by God. I'd say it's time to put our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who works his life out of us. So my question is, what is it in your life that needs to be birthed, that needs to be conceived here tonight, that God would breathe his spirit into you and breathe new life into you. What is that? I believe there's many people here tonight that would say, that's what I need. 
question is, will we respond? The question is, how will we respond? We say yes to his offer of new life. Let's pray.